Hello, welcome to IntelliCast. This is season three, episode 48. What does that mean? That means we're getting close to the end of the year, which is also kind of sad because we got to find new music, producer Brian. I know. What What do we want to go with next year? Do we want to go classic rock? I know. Do we go like funk? What? I don't know. Maybe we'll do a little bluegrass. I don't know. Um, open to suggestions. Hey, if you have a suggestion on our 2021 music, you can reach us at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. You can follow us on Twitter and send us suggestions that way, EMI underscore research or IntelliCast1 on Twitter. You can leave us a voicemail or text at 513-401-5463. This is going to be another news episode. And producer Brian Peterson, hello. Thanks for joining. Hello. I did have one question. Do we want to go just go a different Prince song? Uh, I feel like the on the rare occasion when I actually hear the beginning of the our podcast, which is usually when I accidentally click on it, um, it makes me so happy. But it's a tradition to change the music. It is. I don't know. We we did try other music, Prince music. We thought about it last year. I remember. Um, I don't know. I'm open to anything. We'll have a we'll have negotiations start soon. I guess. All right. Sounds good. So I guess we'll do a news episode. So much news, right? Yeah. Um, actually, I think we made the news this week. Did we not? We did, finally. <laughs> yeah, you, you go ahead and read it. You, you, we'll just stick to the routine and you read it and then we'll comment. Yeah. So um, we announced our partnership with Sample Chain uh, to yeah. improve our data quality. We have integrated it in with our sample management platform, Swift. Yeah, super happy to be having a partnership with Sample Chain. We've known those people for a while and been um, talking to them about integrating for a while. We we integrated a few months ago and just made the announcement as we kind of, you know, we adjusted some levers and modified our Swift platform. But um, Vignesh Christian is a friend of the podcast and a friend of EMI, and he had a nice quote that said that tightens the levers and goes further against fraud. And I'm super excited to be improving our platform um, because we all know there's certainly challenges in marketing research and on-land data quality. It's not a surprise to anybody. Um, but also, there are a lot of great options out there that um, we've spoken to this summer. You can listen to Vignesh at an earlier episode. He talks about Sample Chain. But we also had Opinion Route on. We had Mark Menig to talk about PureScore. Imperium has been doing some cool stuff. So, th- so there's a lot of options out there to help improve uh, the quality of sample and especially to block fraud and to there's a you know a lot of duplicates in market research so i'm um, excited to have vignesh on board we spoke to him he spoke to our entire company just yesterday at a company meeting and um, just a great guy super smart i love it that he brings whenever you talk to him you talk about like statistical stuff and i love that that he's really into the kind of the math behind it and putting together risk scores and um, we've seen improvements in our quality since we've integrated with them. And so anything, what did I miss, Brian? Uh, Vignesh is also a, a regular on all of our webinars and he always comes (laughs) in with questions to try to stump you. Yeah. I I think he intentionally tries to stump me. He asks really tough questions. I think it's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you don't even, you'll ask it no matter what it is. And so a lot of times, (laughs) 
it's a tough question. So hey, go listen to our webinars, and you'll you'll have a lot of Vignesh questions where he tries to stump me. He, but um, no, he's great. He he listens to our podcasts. He goes to our webinars, and probably lots of others too. Is he really has uh, a sense of what's going on in the industry? And you know, part of his platform is 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 um, it's kind of a group thing exercise where we learn from each other. All the clients of Sample Chain kind of get the benefits of each other. So if um, one of his clients blocks a certain number of people, we can also block them on our end and too, and vice versa. And I think that's one of the best ways to try to solve the challenge that we have. You know, a lot of times someone can commit fraud in one panel. As soon as they block them, you know, they'll just go to another panel. And so this will help with at least that part of it, in addition to all the other benefits it provides. But yeah, shout out to Vignesh and Dan and this team. We know that uh, um, New Orleans was just hit by, was it Zeta? Is that, we're in Greek letters now in Hurricane? Yeah, I don't even um, know what they go to next now. Are they yeah, just going to give them the, numbers? Yeah, what's up to the Greek alphabet? Because we're going on. But I know that, you know, New Orleans experienced some um, damage and challenges um, from the hur- the most recent hurricane. And so best wishes to them as we make this announcement. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to hit on some market research news? Yes. That that excludes us okay. this time. First off, friend of the podcast, Damon Jones of Burke won the MRX Diversity Champion Award during the CRC conference this week. Yeah. Um, Damon's one of my favorite people in the whole industry, and I've said this many times. Um, so excited for him. Uh, if you don't know Damon, you should. He's the vice president of telephone operations at Burke. And um, at first, I told him I had a conference call with him yesterday. I'm on. We had a diversity discussion yesterday. I'm on the committee, which was one of, probably one of the reasons why he won the award. And I'm fortunate to be on that committee with him. And I told him that I was, first of all, excited that he won. But then I realized this isn't the first year of the award. He should have been, honestly, the first, in my opinion, the first winner of this award. I told him that as a, um, but super, so proud of him. And he's done so much. And he was, he's been doing this for a long time. He's been passionate about diversity and inclusion and education topics. He started this committee a long time ago, way before I was even an Insights Association member. And he was one of the first people in the industry to really talk about it and push push it forward. And I know he's proud to see the industry really stepping up, and he's proud to see our chapter really stepping up and a lot of momentum behind it. And he's a reason – he is a large reason for a lot of this momentum, and he was doing it kind of before it was cool. He did it out of principle, and um, he can tell that story. He has told that story a little bit on a couple of recent podcasts. And um, so he has some great quotes in there and he's just a good guy. He's smart. He's a good researcher. He's just easy to work with. He's team oriented. He's humble and he's very passionate about this topic. So it's an honor to know him and we're fortunate to have him in our chapter of the Insight Association, fortunate to have him in the Cincinnati area as well. So that's a lot of kissing up to Damon. I hope he appreciates that. I think he does. I think he does. <laughs> yeah, he's he's very humble, and uh, he's also a huge Bengals fan. So hopefully, this will get him over the the recent Bengals losses. Well, with that, then, how do you feel about them tra- starting to trade away the veterans now? They had to. It's smart. I think Damon would agree. Um, I think he told on the last podcast he was ready for the Bengals even to trade AJ Green, which I think they should because I'm a huge Joe Burrow fan. And I think that they're not going to win this year. That division is way too tough. 
and maybe not next year. So get rid of Dunlop and let him play for a contender like they did. Get rid of AJ Green. Let him play for a contender. Let him get some playoff exposure. And you know, if there's other um, veterans that they can get rid of and accumulate some draft picks and build for the future, that's what I'd recommend they do. Yeah, I, they're not winning this year. They might be competing for that first round, that first overall pick again. So, well, I don't, I don't think they're that bad. Uh, maybe <laughs> the uh, division's tough. You know, they have six games in the AFC North, which is, you know, if you win one of those, that's probably pretty good. Unfortunately, I mean, the especially the Steelers and the Ravens are so good, and the Browns now they've had some injuries, but you know they've already the beat- Browns are a Jekyll and Hyde team. You don't know what team's showing up. Yeah, but. Back to Wire. Um, good job for Wire to push this. And um, Rebecca Vega, by the way, she won the Silver Award. She works um, – she's the customer business manager for Ulta at Unilever. And, I'm, you know, she's very deserving, I'm sure. But I'm going to focus on um, Damon for today. Yeah. And congratulations to Damon. Moving on to our next topic, this kind of ties in the sp- – Sports and market research. Ryan Smith, the founder of Qualtrics, has entered into an agreement to purchase the Utah Jazz. And this came out, what was it, yesterday? Maybe Tuesday? I think two days ago, about 11 a.m., yep. Yes. You joked with me that a wash wash bomb entered market research. Yeah. Um, Who would have thought that would have happened? That's crazy. So... Ryan Smith, he's the co-founder, or was the co-founder. He is the co-founder of Qualtrics, and he was their CEO before they sold it. He has been um, really a, a big name in marketing research for the past few years. Um, Qualtrics has been around since 2002, and he's got a really cool story about him and his brother and his father, how they started Qualtrics, and then they had a sponsorship with the Utah Jazz. They're based in Provo. They had a sponsorship with the Utah Jazz. I think the last couple of years, maybe. maybe. Yeah, okay. they did a special fundraising patch for them as well. Yeah, Five for Fight, five for Fighting, I think is what it is. It's to raise money for cancer research. And then, yeah, he sells it off and then buys the Utah Jazz, which is amazing. He's young. I don't even think he's 40. And he's got to be one of the youngest owners of a major sports team. Um, in the world, and I'm super happy for him. I'm happy that market research is getting into the IPO and NBA world. It's kind of cool. Um, I mean, their their value. What was the Qualtrics value? Like eight billion, I think. Yeah, that's what they sold for. Eight billion. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, pretty cool. That who knows? I mean, who knows what the future brings? And we joked around about. You know who else is going to be buying a sports team? Does that mean um, Survey Monkey or Nielsen is going to buy a sports team, or who would we buy if we were bought a sports team? So it's kind of cool to think about and talk about. Yeah, um, I did have when after reading this and thinking, oh, cool, new owner for an NBA team. There's probably some NBA fans that wish it was their team. Here's looking at you, Knicks fans. Um, hey, the Knicks have momentum, man. <laughs> they <think> they yeah. <laughs> The question is, we we know that Qualtrics has their X4 conference that brings in a ton of people. It's all about experience. They bring in big name bands. Yeah. Um, are now are they just going to pick one of the game? They're going to schedule X4 around a home game and just say, hey, yeah, we're not selling tickets to this one. And everyone who comes to X4 
gets to go to a jazz game, maybe tie it to when they have a big name team in like the Lakers or the Clippers or Boston or something like that. That's a, that's a good thought. You know, he had magic Johnson as a speaker. I don't know. Remember when it was, if it was one year ago, three years ago, 40 years ago. Um, but magic Johnson was a speaker. I wonder, cause he's, he's a part owner of at least the Dodgers and um you know it was the front office of the lakers and um curious if they they compared notes on how to buy a team but yeah i think tar malone and john stockton will be future guests at at there and um it'd be interesting to see how the the summit kind of evolves uh, with that utah jazz kind of partnership at this point yeah do you see it more because if you read the full state, if you read the full release, it included the arena as well. Oh, so it's not just the team, but he bought the arena too. Oh man! So are we gonna are we gonna see Qualtrics Arena? <laughs> well, they'll probably. I, I don't know. I don't know. There's so much up in the air. Like it's such a great time for marketing research that we get to talk about stuff like this. It's really amazing. Who would have thought that? Who who would have thought that? a Woj bomb would affect us like this. And we have the owner of Qualtrics now buying an NBA team. It's really kind of impressive. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's the market research forum. Yeah. Maybe you should I give do. it back to the industry. Yeah. The market research that Utah jazz play at the market research forum. Right. Right. And then we had some jokes around the team that someone tweeted out. I think it might've been me. Should we go oh. through some of the team names? I, I think so. Started off by Roddy Knowles, another friend of the podcast who thought about um, market research related team names. And Adam Dietrich also was talking about this. He, Roddy, started off with calling them the Utah Trackers, which is good. Salt Lake City Max Diffs. Um, and then we came in with the, well, the probes, the fraudsters, the duplicates. I really like the Utah duplicates. The Utah D-Dupes, the Utah Z-Tests. I try to put the Z in there. Um, and the Utah Tab Plans. And I like that one because it rolls off the tongue. What about the Utah Surveyors? So oh, that's as you, good. Yeah. And I wonder if that kind of ties into the um, like the West a little bit, right? A little bit, yeah. You get the West <laughs> of the gold mining piece. You have yeah. it because that's what Qualtrics does. It surveys. It yeah. kind of rolls it all in there because jazz does not make sense. No, not no. It hasn't made sense since they moved from New Orleans, and now's the time. I don't like the main. Lakers. Yeah, the Utah CXers was another yep. one, kind of like the Seventy Sixers. I'm not sure if that came across on Twitter, but the CXers sounds like the Seventy Sixers. Only it's what they do. So, yep. anyway, cool, to, cool to talk about. Cool. Yeah. On our next story, Toluna has secured a quote significant round of financing which it plans to use to fund their global initiatives. The current major- majority stockholder, Ver- Verlinvest, led the – yeah, I don't, I'm guessing at that. Hopefully I got – I didn't butcher that too bad. Led the new round of investment. Yeah, so Taluna is um, – I f- feel like they get left out of all the conversations of the big sample providers, but they've been around for a long time. They're a huge name in sample – and uh, good for them to get a lot of money to um, build on their momentum, is what he says in the statement, and uh, continue their growth. And 1,500 people in 24 offices in six continents. So big company, and um, nice to see them 
panel of 30 million people. So pretty big panel. Yeah. Next story. Metrics Lab has reorganized their North American leadership, appointing Aaron Peck as president and managing director for North America. And not a whole lot else to say on this one, but uh, Metrics Lab is obviously another giant company. And, um, you know, I think you'll see a lot of reorgs, this type of announcement from a lot of companies as we kind of, I don't know if the words emerge from COVID, but maybe it's we're settling in. Maybe that's the term I'll use. We're settling into the future, maybe. Um, so good to see a reorg there for Metrics Lab in the news. Yeah. Our next story, Suzy, the consumer insights platform, has launched a qualitative research platform called Suzy Live for one-to-one video-based consumer interviews. So Suzy has... Uh, also, some other friends of the podcast employed there. Katie Gross, formerly of Scent, is newer there, and she's hired a billion people in marketing research. So you probably know a lot of the names that she's hired, including <clears throat> another um, former EMI employee, Rory Deneen. She joined and the company. Poll party uh, host. A former poll party host, um, which I don't know, know what poll party is, but um, good for Susie. One on one video interview platform. And it looks pretty cool from the press release. Uh, Susie Live platform brings together Qual and Quant, allows brands to conduct one on one video interviews. They get consumer sentiment, understand behaviors. And it sounds really cool. So Susie, who I don't think many people heard of a year or so ago, is starting to make a big moves. I think you'll hear a lot more of them. They raised $12 million in Series C round of funding earlier this year to drive a lot of the growth that you're seeing. So a lot of the hiring is coming from that. But I'm sure you'll hear more from them. Yeah. Um, and our final story for today, Nielsen has announced that its consumer business will be named Nielsen IQ once it becomes a standalone company. And in this same report, uh, it said that the Financial Times suggests that private a private equity firm is in talks to buy the division. <sighs> well, let's take these pieces of news one by one, I guess. Okay. Nielsen IQ, it, this goes into our name segment of the week. Um, I think it's a pretty good name. It keeps the Nielsen brand. I think it's better than what they announced earlier. Was that this year they announced it or last year? I don't even know. I don't when, remember. When they split up uh, with the old watch division and Global Connect, which was the buy division. But I think Nielsen IQ sounds better. Um, but if they're going to be bought, I mean, they're going to they're gonna rebrand again. I just couldn't imagine going through all these changes. Like it's just a giant company like Nielsen, um, which has a – you know, a, a legacy brand in marketing research um, going through this. Um, yeah. I'm surprised that they just went with the I and the Q at the end and not like I-Q-U-E or C-I-C-U-E, like I-Q, like Q-Stick. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, because so, that would have really ticked you off. <laughs> oh, I would have, I would have ended the podcast. Um, but Nielsen IQ, it, the, the new logo looks good. I think it's IQ is good brand name added on. They don't, I don't think you're going to lose the Nielsen brand name. That's so much equity. So just kind of adding the IQ on it is much better than what they were doing earlier, which were probably just placeholders anyway. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, I have one other thing I didn't put on the rundown, so I'm going to get you on the spot here. As we are recording, it is the day before Halloween. Yeah. And also – what four days before 
our national nightmare ends. Um, oh, oh no, it's, it's just going to start. <laughs> I say that in the all of the ads and mail I get. Yes. Um, yeah. Before I kick this off, I'm going to tell you a funny story. Somehow my wife is on a NRA Republican um, mailing and call list. Yeah. And it's hilarious because she keeps getting this stuff and she doesn't know why she's on it. And I have thought of a great April Fool's joke that is political related that I'm going to do to my father-in-law probably. He doesn't listen to this. So I am going to – he is a Republican all leaning towards libertarian. And my April Fool's joke is to make a donation and sign him up for AOC's or Elizabeth Warren's campaign and make a donation in his name. So he is added to that list and he just starts to get this out of the blue. So he oh. doesn't know why. And it'll just continue and I will laugh and laugh and laugh. Oh boy. I'm not sure about that one. Um, that's pretty hilarious. though. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready for this to be over with, but I have a feeling I have a feeling this is going to go all through November. I don't think we're going to know who the president is until late November. I hope I'm wrong for America. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think with all the counting of the ballots, all the mail-in ballots, all of the court cases, all of the um, – it's just going to be a mess, I think. And I um, hope I'm wrong again. Yeah. That's on that aspect. I want to turn it to the market research aspect, particularly yeah. the polling piece. Yeah. Um, I hope that this isn't another face plant in the eyes of the general public for polling as 2016 was, even though if you dig into it, it actually wasn't – 16 wasn't. It was within that margin of error. Right. So I'm hope because people already dis- – after that, there's already rampant distrust with the polling industry. So I really hope that this is the redeeming year. Yeah. Um, me too. And I think that maybe we can talk to Jeremy Zobby about that because we do need, you know, the K straight people, the lobbyists. We need a lobbyist for marketing research to help our brand name because no matter what happens, unless Biden wins significantly, I think people are going to blame polling. And I think this this is going to be an outlier year for polling because I do think there is a a weird thing about Trump and polling that's going to be ha- that's happening. And um, I don't think it's representative of our industry to to have challenges measuring that impact. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the polls will be right on. And but some of them seem a little weird. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I would like to see because I've read you and I have probably read some of the similar things where they're saying it's either underrepresented or it's a shy person or they don't people don't want to give their actual feelings because they there's a bias to answering the way they feel they should not truthfully. Yeah, no, the industry has done a decent job of trying to get around that. Right. And so some questions instead of, hey, who are you voting for? They're asking questions. Who do you think will win, number one? And a lot of times, who do you think your neighbors are voting for? Which I think is an interesting question as we kind of evolve and learn about, I don't know what you call it, this Trump effect maybe is what you call it, because I don't think this will ever happen again, hopefully. Um, And that, 
you know, people think that who they think will win or who the numbers vote might be a better indicator who of, of who they say they will vote for. And I, I don't know. We'll we'll know. We'll be able to look at the scoreboard sometime in the future and see who got it right and who got it wrong. But I hope that the industry stands up for itself and we can talk about bias. It's a good time to talk about non-response bias, for example, which is one of the things you mentioned, and talk about all the biases in sampling and marketing research. But it's an opportunity for us to sell ourselves as an industry. We need people out there talking about it and not saying fake polls and all of this stuff because it's a lot of people's livelihood and a lot of people that have done this for their entire career. Mm-hmm. You know, the Zogbies have done this for, I mean, 40 plus years. Yep. I mean, it's in their blood. And so... um We'll have to come to a lot of defense of, of people. I mean, I have, I have conversations with my friends about fake polls and defending marketing research, and I'm sure many people listening have as well. Yeah, I think this is – I'll even say it a make or break year that if if it shows – if it ends up being right at, accurate with the polls, I think it's a redeeming year. But if it happens where the perception is, hey, the polls are saying this and this happened – and it's the opposite or something major that the polls weren't showing, that could be a coffin nail in polling where no one's going to believe it anymore. Yeah, I, this is a little bit off topic, but, you know, there's I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention a theory. I'm, gonna get, I'm not going to get too political, but I'm going to mention a political okay. theory. Go for it. So, you know, there's obviously been some scandals with the Trump campaign and presidency. Real or not, there has been discussions around scandals, various scandals. And I think that in some ways Trump has done a pretty good job of blaming it on the media and talking about how it's biased and deflecting. Par- yeah. deflecting and it's partisan, right? But what he did also, I think that people in some ways feel that all scandals are partisan and we're almost immune to it. And I'm wondering if that's the same thing happening with polls, that as a, a lot of the general public just thinks, oh, it's partisan. You know, the Rasmussen poll is the right-leaning poll, and most of the others are left-leaning polls, and the real clear politics is this way. And um, it's kind of, I don't know, degraded the legitimacy of a lot of legitimate news yep. and legitimate polling, um, which um, is kind of sad in many ways as a society and as an industry. No, I I think you're right on that. And it goes beyond just polls. It's when you're talking about media. Oh, it's this is the left-leaning. This is the right-leaning. You know what? 24-hour news is the issue. I don't care what station it is. Yeah. I don't watch any of them because it's almost unwatchable. Yeah. Um, if I want news, I just want the news. If you have an opinion, I'll go look for an opinion. But don't show me opinions on news stations. Yeah, these, That's just me. These news stations are not paid to um, just deliver the news. Right. They're, they're paid to gain viewers. <laughs> well, I right. think I think the I think Ron Burgundy at the end said it best in that where it was, hey, um, 24 hour news. What are they going to do? Isn't that going to degrade and lead to um, salate, making things salacious and all of that? Tongue in cheek, knowing exactly that's what it did. That yeah, there isn't. You need to fill twenty four hours of news time. Well, if there's not news everywhere, now I 
that's what led us to all of these talking heads. And now it's not news. It's all opinion, which at, this is a, this is really way off topic. Now we have gone down the rabbit hole past wonderland, everything like this on this. But my belief is that if you do more opinion than actual news, you shouldn't be allowed to have news in your name. Well, yeah. So, so yeah, this, this impacts both sides. Yeah. MSNBC, you know, their prime time lineup, Fox, prime yes. time lineup. it's all talking heads opinion. There is no news in any of that. Right. Well, you know what? Let's take a percentage. If you're over 50%, you can't say I'm Fox news or I'm MSNBC. I'm not the new, I'm not a news station. I am Fox opinion or something like that. Yeah. You, you got to say it's opinion or there needs to be some sort of warning. There needs to be some sort of disclaimer at the beginning of the program. These views are opinions and are not actual news. I feel like we need that at this point. Right. I'm off my soapbox. No, I feel good. good. I feel I can go into my weekend happy now. Okay. Well, before we go, let's talk about some EMI stuff. Should we yeah. do that? Yes, All let's right. get to that. Um, now, I have anybody still listening. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if that's good or bad. So we mentioned our sample chain partnership. The full press release is in our show notes. You can find it on our blog and website. Um, we have a new white paper, strategic sample blending. Um, I was pretty involved in that and the new best practice for tracking studies. I would highly recommend if you have a tracking study, download it. Anything else you want to add there, Brian? Um, not on that one, but we have seen quite a few people download. I think it is valuable. Okay, good. Um if you missed our webinar, when to DIY and when to call a pro, um, you can check it out on demand. We have a lot of our webinars on demand on our website. And uh, there's a there's a Zogby Town Hall on Monday. Tell us more about that, Brian. There is. So we have partnered with John Zogby Strategies for since what? Since like May, I would say, yeah. on a, on a biweekly report um, or bimonthly report called the Intelligence Seer, Main Street, K Street Intelligence Seer, where it's taking the pulse of what's going on in the country. It's not just polling, but it's around different public uh, opinions, um, various current event factors, and how people's uh, thoughts and feelings are occurring during not only COVID, but around COVID, the election, uh, vaccinations, all, a whole bunch of stuff. The American dream. Um, are is there a new civil war coming? We've had 10 editions out. You can, I will link to the jump to the Zogby website where you can download all of those, but we are going to be fielding what a final round of fielding is going to go on this weekend. And Zogby is going to be hosting a town hall to, to discuss those results. And a lot of it's going to be focused on polling for this upcoming election on Tuesday. Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> the link for it. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Sorry. The link for it is going to be in the show notes. It is going to be Monday from noon to one. Uh, there are 100 seats available. And if that does fill up, we, they will be simulcasting it on YouTube. So there'll be a link that you can just watch. You just won't be able to ask any questions. Okay, cool. Now, that sounds really exciting. I love the Zogbies. And we mentioned this on – we had Jeremy on multiple podcasts. And we had John on one as well. And – the key to their success is not just the polling, 
lots of people poll. The key to their success is the context they can provide around the topics. They look at historical trends. They know how it relates to things that happened, I mean, in the 1800s or in some little town in Europe or something from academia. And they're just geniuses, honestly. And so if you're interested in politics at all or current events, I'd recommend joining and listening because it's fascinating. If you read some of these reports, you know, the analogies and the metaphors they use to previous events is just fascinating. It's really good reading, I think. Well, they're also ahead of the curve on a few things. So like right now, I've seen a bunch of different articles talking about how findings that said, hey, 40% of Americans think we're heading towards another civil war. The, Z- the intelligence seer and Jeremy Zogby talked about this almost two months ago. Yeah, we talked about it on um, – we did a webinar as well. Yep. Man, we've done a lot with them this year. We uh, have. You can, you can download that webinar on our website. It's pretty good. It talks about I think the first maybe two or three issues is when we did it. Yes. Yeah, so um, get to see us talking about it, mostly him, adding most of the value. But I'm on it as well, and so is Brian. But, yeah, it's, it's really cool stuff, and we're so fortunate to be able to partner with them. We've had a long-time partnership with them, and this is just the best thing, one of the best things we've done this year. Yeah. I think that covers everything for this week. Cool. Well, appreciate everybody listening. Good luck seeing the election results. Go out and vote if you haven't, um, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.